Thank you for joining IAB There. Hi there. I'm Cheryl Goldstein. Today is September 23rd, 2020. Welcome to IAB There. This is our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem. Our topic for today's show, understanding the benefits and brand value of advertising and news programs. And we have two special guests with us today, Christine Cook, Senior Vice President and Chief Revenue Officer at CNN, and Robin Garfield, Executive Vice President of Research and Scheduling at CNN. Let's dive in. Let's bring Christine and Robin to the screen. Hey, Hi, guys. Welcome. So happy to have you here. Hi, so let's, I'm going to set the scene to start the conversation. Uh, consumption for news has never been higher. User engagement has been significant. People really leaned in. The pressure on news organizations, incredibly intense and high. Uh, thinking about what we're in right now, we're in a, you know economic crisis, a health crisis, a political firestorm, like an every day something else is happening. So audiences there highly engaged, but yet brands still are not comfortable being around news, holding back. Um, so that's the scene. I want to pick that apart a little bit. But let's start first, and I'll start with you, Robin. I always like to start with the consumer. So let's start with consumer behavior. Now, Robin, you've been in news for a long time, 12 years at CNN. You've worked at MSNBC, NBC News, Tribune. Um, how has the landscape for news changed? And let's break it into pre and post COVID. So how has news over the last decade evolved? And then how did COVID change that? Why don't we start there? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, for, certainly for the last decade, news has been 24-hour news, right? CNN is, is celebrating its 40th anniversary, right? But, you know, I think now... Um, with the explosion of platforms, you not you know there's not only news on television, right? But there's news in digital, and news in digital in so many different ways, right? Um, mo mobile, computers, through your social streams, like news is news is everywhere, right? So you can really get it um, what you want when you want it, right? And then couple that with kind of the events of the last year, and and you know there's there's a reason why news is being cons consumed um, to an extraordinary level. And that's because everything that's going on is, is really important, right? It's, right. it's, it's not just stuff that you think about and go, wow, what's going on out there. It's like, it's really, it's the, the things that are happening, you know, in our country and around the world today are, are important in how people are living their lives. So, so people are really tapping into news to understand the world around them and to make decisions. And so, you know, as you enter into, you know, you know, in the, you know, into the COVID-19 pandemic world, where again, you know, this, you know, all of this has, has stakes. Um, people are, um, people are interested they need to make those decisions, as I discussed. And then, of course, because people's um, people's lifestyles have changed so much, right, um, with, with people being um, less mobile, um, more focused, you know, with, you know, at home, all of that, people are really tapping into these various different platforms and resources to get the information that they really, you know, that, that, that they really need to make those those day those those very important daily decisions in their lives. Yeah, and the pressure on news organizations is pretty intense. 
and your own people are putting their lives at risk and, and on the line, both from a health and getting in the middle of like uh, social uprisings to cover this stuff. But yet, and I'm going to turn this to you, Christine, brands aren't seeming to put their money behind that and support it. What are you seeing out there, Christine, when it comes to brands supporting news? You know, there are um, there are a significant number of brands who continue to support the news. But you're right. There have been growing trends over the past uh you know, 10, five to 10 years, which all really started with uh, a backlash against network ad, uh, distributed advertising networks. So if you didn't know exactly where your ad was going to show up, you inadvertently could be against an ISIS heading, um, which then, you know, was on some user generated content somewhere. And then unfortunately, um, you know, there, there was a lot of user generated that was unappetizing. And so a huge fence was put around everything without realizing professionally sourced and produced journalism. And so I think news got caught up in, um, you know, a, a one-stop solution um, where brands were trying to make sure that their brand would be safe from user generated or non-professionally produced and curated content. But, you know, going back to what Robin said, um, news is essential. It's like vitamins um, in people's lives. It always has been, and it's had many different ways and shapes or forms. I mean, this is the fifth news organization that I've worked at. So I'm passionate and worked in um, a variety of different ways with which news is distributed. Um, but this essential thing about news, it is, you know, it can be uh, because there's a hurricane and you need to know what's happening. But it could also be because you want to know what happened around an awards ceremony or a sporting event. And increasingly, as consumers realize that sometimes there are dark players who mislead them in social platforms and they don't know the validity of the source of a story, we see more consumers coming to professionally curated news organizations in particular like ours to understand what is the truth, what is really happening and what do I need to know? Um, in, and so I think that um, those brands who um, were overwhelmed with multi-channel marketing because there were so many channels, still were maybe relying on a single solution, which inadvertently um, eliminates a bunch of really important inventory uh, in our news environments and other news environments. If you think about the consumer again, you led with the consumer. At CNN, we say our role is to inform, empower, and engage our, our, our audiences. That's, um, that's acknowledging that they come to us to learn and to understand, which is a learning mindset. So if you think about the value of the inventory that we have across our properties, whether it's on TV, on a website or on a mobile phone, the validity of professionally sourced and curated information for consumers who come to us in a learning mindset seems like a, a really terrific opportunity to win the trust um, and affinity of consumers for brands. Is there a different perception around news, whether it's TV or digital? Do you find that they're more forgiving with linear television, for example, than they are running on CNN.com? 
Um, I, I, I have seen um, different decisioning between uh, television and, and digital. And I think it goes back to the thing that I was just sharing with you is what are the guardrails that were put up and established in the protocols for different mediums? And because it was on digital mediums where a lot of that user generated um, content was, I think that, um, you know, we probably suffer from higher uh, expectations or criticism um, than TV. Um, and, and I think, you know, we're, there's a lot of good work that's gone into this. And um, that includes helping marketers understand that maybe your classic, more entertainment oriented creative isn't the right creative for this space. And maybe leaning into a mixture of a purpose and product sales is the right environment. Um, we've had a lot of experience in that. That's great. And there's been a lot of studies, as you mentioned, the IAB, of course, has had a ton of initiatives around news saves lives, the four A's. Also, we're releasing a study next week around how, how people perceive brands that are behind news. But you've also done some of your own work. Uh, Robin, can you share some of the details of insights, maybe fact versus fiction of what your research has shown around brand safety and news as an environment for brands? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've done a piece of work, which we call the News Frontier. Um, we work closely with a company, uh, Crestmaker Research. Um, and, um, and, and, and really what it's about, it's about the value of advertising and news and the way, and, and it's, it's kind of a different way of looking at it. If you think about it, um, there are really four components of advertising, right? There are the consumers, there's the brand, there's the ads, and then there's the platform, right? And so, you know, consumers as, you know, we've studied consumers and we know that, you know, all consumers use, um, a variety of values. Um, to understand the world. And we've actually identified all of those values. Um, and at, I'm, I'm sorry, and brands um, are really not all that different, right? Brands actually also have values, right? Um, and what happens is, is that when, um, when, um, when brands advertise, um, uh, whether they realize it or not, um, they're conveying certain kinds of values. Um, and, and consumers can see that actually consumers really find advertising valuable. They think it's a really great opportunity to understand what a brand is all about. Um, and so the third part is the platform. And what happens when consumers are watching news is that the values that they have always held, because news is so important, um, news actually has the effect of like bringing the, the consumer values to the surface. They're actually watching news through their values lenses. And so when they see advertising, they're recognizing their own values or not their own values in that, in that advertising, right? And it tends to have a magnifying effect. And so if you have an advert, if you have a brand that has that is doing good advertising, um, and that um, and that advertising is reflective of their values. They've done a good job of, of reflecting the brand values in their advertising and consumers can relate to those values. It actually works even better. Right. News is a magnifier. And so that's one of the reasons why news works so well. Um, it's not about like the specific storyline, you know, the specific subject. 
the specific anchor, the specific this, the specific that. It's what, you know, because I'm often asked, well, what about this kind of content? What about that kind of content? It's a, the, the news content is important content because as I said earlier, people are, people are, are looking at it um, very critically to make decisions. And so, um, so it's all important. And, um, and, and that, and, and, and that, and that effect of that, and that way that people are consuming it makes the, makes the advertising more effective. Um, so that's really kind of like the big picture of how it works, Mm -hmm. you know, and then what I would say is that there are kind of two kinds of advertising in particular that work well, Christine alluded to one of them, which is, um, you know, which is, uh, uh, purpose advertising, um, that, um, that people, um, when they're when 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 they're watching advertising and they're feeling their value their values on the service they're th- on the surface they're thinking like what can I do about it um, and so if you have purpose advertising and people see oh well this particular brand is aligned with something I really care about consumers feel like they can do something about it by aligning themselves with that brand by purchasing products and services from that brand so it really has it really has a strong that, that particular kind of advertising works really well additionally. Um, information-rich advertising works well because people are in a learning state. Um, they are in that state from the content. They continue to be in that state with the advertising, and so it's a great opportunity for an advertiser to really talk, to really ex- you know do an explainer about their products, um, to launch a new product because because the because because the consumers are are really receiving that information well. So you touched on, so there's the value piece, right? Where a brand needs to be true to their values and, and understand their own, but like what are our brand's values and how do we articulate that authentically? Then there's the purpose piece. And Christine, uh, you mentioned earlier to me that you launched the Purpose Initiative. Talk a little bit about that, how you're helping brands communicate their purpose. Yeah, well, you know, again, starting with audiences, right? We know that one of the largest segments of audiences are millennials with, you know, with Gen Z in that. They're just a huge group of people. And we reach more millennials than any other news organization. So we pay attention to these people. What do they want? What do they care about? And what we see about them is that their priorities are less in like wealth accumulation and more in trying to do something. Um, to better the world around us. And we all know that one of the biggest issues that um, they care about is you know, global warming and the climate crisis, amongst other things. But they care about issues, which is why in the last couple of elections for local and state government, we've seen more younger people lean in and participate and take roles in, and that's their civic duty. They really are participating in ways that we haven't seen in a couple of generations. So recognizing that and recognizing that CNN is um, reaching these people in a learning mindset, we wanted to encourage our advertising partners to uh, think about purpose and corporate social responsibility messaging because we know it complements the consumer experience. We know that, that the consumers are looking for that kind of a communication. Um, and also we know that um, you know, it'll help our brand partners. So what we have put in place is an opportunity that when brands do come to us, if they're supporting corporate social responsibility or purpose, we will um, provide access to incremental reach for their campaigns for corporate social responsibility. And this is is not just co 
COVID related, this is something that we believe about full on to uh, both get the word out and be part of the change to help and make the world a better place or help those initiatives, but also because we know that our audiences really resonate with it and it's gonna work uh, well for our clients. Have you seen a greater level of interest in that area since like what I'm seeing across the digital ecosystem and not just digital, but all brands, I feel like they've been woken up a little bit, you know, yeah, with the it's so true. Things. Yeah, yeah. So do you we, um, feel like they're coming we, to you and saying, hey, help us? Yeah. yeah. Look, I don't think it's brand new for us. I mean, we've had um, we, a lot of the work that we do with uh, Courageous, our brand content studio, is um, to help brands tell their stories like we would the most of the journalism that we produce. And and it, they, they tend to be very emotional and they, they, they tend to be um, usually in that corporate social responsibility remit. Um, and so with the baseline of success in doing that work, when COVID hit, we definitely were there and saw a lot of brands leaning in. Moving on as Black Lives Matter and civil justice has continued to amp up, um, there was a little bit of a freeze because I think, uh, as we all realize, people were looking to make sure that they did it and they did it right. And now we're seeing the spectrum open up even more. And to answer your question, yes, we are seeing an increase in all manners of uh, purpose and initiative. Um, issues that are important to people, whether that's education, um, whether it's, um, you know, homelessness and or at the larger scale, you know, global climate crisis. Wow, that's so, and um, Robin, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the election coming up. I guess this could go to either one. Elections coming up, are we going to see brands stepping in or stepping away? And Christine, what are you seeing? Robin, what are you seeing? Either one, chime in with your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I mean, well, we, just, we, we, you go ahead first. I was just going to say. That's what I get for, really, that's what I get really for saying either one of you. I mean, it's really important that they step in, you know, because the ones that step in are really going to be the ones that are successful and they're going to gain share, right? Because again, you know, ele this election is very important. I think everyone is starting to understand now in these important times that elections have consequences. And this one is going to be one of the more consequential elections in our times. And so it's important for advertisers to not shy away again, from the, from the content, right, you know, for, because of, you know, brand safety purposes or some kind of, you know, imagined concern, it's really important for them to, to lean in with value. You know, what I would say is values-based advertising that's authentic to their brand so that they have that real opportunity to shine, you know, be, they should be authentic to their brand, you know, not, you know, not, not overstep, but, um, be in keeping with, with the kinds of values that the brand itself possess, possesses. They should think of a way, ways to be culturally relevant. So, you know, play to the play to the election. It's out there. There's an election in the middle of a pandemic with a SCOTUS decision coming up and and healthcare and all of these other things, right? Like this is what people are thinking about. So they need to think about, about that context. And they should be thinking broadly, you know, like, Every brand, like every person has a multitude of values and they should be thinking that they want to play, you know, they want to play to the broad base that they think their products have, but really lean into something that they think is vitally relevant 
to that brand so that people, so that consumers can see that they stand for something. Because as, as Christine pointed out earlier, especially on the younger end of the spectrum, you know, where people have so, you know, where, you know, young people have so much more access than, than we ever did growing up. You know, they can learn about every single cereal and toothpaste on the internet, what that company stands for, all of that. They know all of that stuff. And they're making decisions, not just because they like the way a breakfast cereal tastes or because a particular toothpaste has fluoride or, you know, whitening power or whatever it is. They understand what that brand is about and they're making decisions based on that. And if they don't, participate in advertising. And if they don't do it in places, you know, that are really important, they're basically just ceding that, that space to the, to the, to their competitors. And they're just going to be whatever's in that box. And yeah, I we've seen, we've done, know. oh, go ahead, Christine, go ahead. Yeah. No, please go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, we've was... done some research around Gen Z's and that's exactly what we see is that first of all, they trust each other. So they know how to use social media. They know how to spread the word. They know how to do research and they will hold a brand accountable to what they say and what their beliefs are. And that goes beyond just buying products from them. They won't work for those companies. They will, you know, they'll, they'll tell their parents not to buy from them. My daughter shames me all the time. You're not going to buy from that company. Did you know that, you know, they support XYZ? I mean, they're very passionate about this. And I think you're right that a brand has to understand there's a lot of conscientious consumers out there and especially and, as you get the younger access to, access to information too right you know so mm -hmm. these generations have grown up with access to global communities around the world the internet connected them to TikTok has connected them to anything youtube has connected them to communities around the world and so in a way greater than any of us when we were growing up they care about the world full on but they also understand the discrete micro communities, both globally and then looking at America, understanding that America has micro communities. And you talk about values, and I think that that, that definitely resonates. And so an election should not be, you know, party is one thing, but under party are a list of policies. And an effective democracy is an active, engaged public that really understands the issues and, and argues for and puts their vote behind you know, the people and or the um, constituents who will get those issues forward. Again, let's look at this group of people. They have college debt in a wicked way. Um, we're, we're struggling to get the economy back on our feet coming out of um, you know, COVID that we're still working through for some period of time. Their priorities aren't on wealth accumulation because it seems so foreign. It's like, what are the issues that I care about? And healthcare is one of them. Um, and and you know, debt is another one. And the environment and being green is another one. And those are the things that are part of this election. I think the challenge has been that a lot of the dialogue tends to be around personalities in the election. And, and, and what we do every day is try to talk about the issues that are in the election. And I think that when brands can support that, you're support, supporting an informed democracy. And, and I think your point, Cheryl, and Robin's point is um, they're looking for that opportunity to feel good about the money that they spend when they spend it is going to go in support of something or teach them about an issue or a policy, um, which is kind of encouraging about what the coming years look like once we get some of this um, really painful stuff that we're dealing with with the coronavirus behind us. Yeah. 
And and it's scary. Like this this morning, I was watching the news, and a lot of stories around how foreign countries are trying to confuse um, you know Americans to interfere with the election, and how do we prevent this fake news chaos from? I mean, I know that's not an easy thing to answer or solve for, but I feel like our democracy is just under attack in so many ways. And the news organizations are so fundamental in protecting that. But yet there's it's a true. lot of misinformation out there too. So it just Well, that creates gets back confusion. to what we were talking about in the beginning, which is um, a, a, a broader public education about what professionally sourced news is. And, and look, you know, different news organizations may come at it from a different angle, but the consumer ultimately will be able to make their informed decision from professionally sourced and created news. What increasingly younger audiences are starting to understand is that there could be stuff out there on social or other platforms that is being rigged by other governments to create chaos within our election. And, um, and if news organizations continue to struggle, more news organizations will be forced to go behind paywalls, which will limit access to the total public for information, which ultimately powers our democracy. A free press is like in the beginning of one of the most essential things that we have. It's not to say that everyone has to love one news organization, but we have to stop believing the fake information, which is that news organizations are spinning stuff because there's thorough processes having worked, like I said, at five different news organizations across the spectrum. You know what goes into editing, checking, and verifying. And a professional news organization, if they got something wrong, go back and correct it. And, and there is misinformation that is discrediting all news organizations and advertisers staying out of it puts increasing pressure on news organizations to do things to sustain their business, which ultimately could be bad for our democracy. So, I so would, your I would add ad dollars. Oh, go ahead, brother. Yeah, I would just add a couple of things. I think one, I think the good news is, again, professional news organizations are being consumed at greater numbers than they than they ever have been before. Furthermore, um, professional news organizations also have a great deal of trust. I know this is a, con a conversation that comes up, up a lot. Um, and sometimes people talk about the mainstream media and all of that. What we find again and again is that individual news organizations like CNN are highly trusted. CNN is in fact the most trusted news organization, but professional but professional news organizations are highly trusted. They're even more trusted than the quote unquote mainstream media, which tells you that that word is really just like a boogeyman where, you know, people say that, you know, they don't trust Congress, but they trust their congressperson, right? So the good news is, is there's a great deal of trust um, in these in these organizations. And that trust also extends to the brands that advertise in it, right? Again, because the people who are consuming this stuff find it valuable, they trust it, they're information seeking, they're enjoying the, the process of learning and may, being able to make decisions and all of that. And the advertising fulfills you know, a role of connecting values and providing information, of course, if it's quality advertising, but that's, you know, that's that, 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 that baseline assumption is there. And so, so it too benefits 
from from advertising on these platforms, you know, be it digital or TV or you know whatever. And so so that's that's re that's really important. Um, so advertisers should understand that um, in so doing, not only are they creating really positive effects for their business, but they're also contributing to an effective um, news. Uh, uh, to affect to to effective professional news journalism in America. But and you know, I want to just add on to that too, because Cheryl, there's something we talked about in the beginning of this too, which is that um, if you back up and we say, let's put the audience first. What do advertisers care about? Audiences, right? So if if more and more consumers are going to news in greater degrees on all platforms, advertisers should pay attention where the audiences are, right? And they're not only they're they're spending more time there. Their trust is high. Um, and they're, and it's an essential and everyday part. In a world where there's increasing scarcity of access to quality inventory, um, it seems like we all need to continue to work together to find ways that allow brands to take advantage of these tuned in consumers in a learning mindset who are open and have a trust for us. And by extension, we have research as Robin was talking about that that halo of trust does extend. And then we have all of these other learnings that, you know, if you add a purpose or corporate social responsibility into your messaging, it even elevates that further. So I think that, um, you know, while it is true that there have been a lot of brands who are pulling out, there are brands who get it and are leaning in and, um, you know, just remain hopeful that more and more will continue to see this opportunity for what it is rather than, in particular within the digital realm, bucket us within, you know, other classifications of non-professionally curated audiences where maybe you don't know as much about what um, that content is or the validity of the stuff that's being produced. I mean, it's, it's your ad dollars literally are saving democracy. I mean, it really comes down to those dollars really are supporting a democratic world for Americans right now. Globally, I would say, but especially providing access to critical information. I mean, look at the role that Sanjay Gupta has been playing within CNN. Um, the right. man has just been relentless, and um, and his tone and measure and his authority and his experience, both as an active doctor and as a contributor, to translate what could be very confusing messages that are coming out um, from you know some of the press conferences that we were all. Um, working through in the beginning of this, but he remains committed. And then, you know, the town halls that we've produced, we've even partnered with Sesame Street to help parents be able to talk to their children about this. So, um, yeah, I think that's super important for brands, not only to support that, um, but to, as, to seize the moment, to lean into it and find ways to provide value to their customers. And, and I think that will last with long ongoing sales. So talking about consumers and behavior and how they're really dependent on news information today, let's look a, lot, a little bit out crystal ball post COVID. Do you think consumer behaviors forever changed in the way they relate to news? Or do you think it might go back to the way it was pre COVID? Or what, what do you, what say you about the future of consumers and how they relate to news post-COVID. Robin. Oh no. I think we lost your audio. We've lost my audio. Oh, there you there are. You there you are. You're back. Okay. You're back. Okay, good. Start again. Right. No, post-COVID. Okay. That's right. 
Okay, post-COVID. Yeah, so I mean, I think, um, so first of all, I think more broadly, I think a lot of these things are cyclical, you know? So if you think about post-COVID, I think right now as we're in COVID, I think people are thinking, I can't wait to be over with COVID so I could go back to my life, True. right? So, so there's some yearning for that, right? At the same time, we've learned an enormous amount about ourselves through COVID, right? you know, in, in, in as much as we've not been able to utilize the same production techniques, right? Or be as mobile as we as we were in the past. We're doing a lot of things differently. And, and at the core, what we're trying to do is achieve like a great level of authenticity. In some ways, we've probably done even, even more so because we it's really like down to the core, like what are we doing, right? And so I think that, I think this kind of, increased um, authenticity and purpose in 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 all in, in programming. I'm not even just talking about news here, but news but news for sure, right? Um uh in terms of what's important, right? And all of it, I think that's something that that consumers appreciate and that they will continue continue to want. I don't think I think if we went right back to the high production, you know, glossy, I think people would be a little like, wow, what is that about? Right. So I think that I think something that that I think I think a lot about. Um, I think on the other front, I think again, like capabilities, you know, here we are doing a show home, you know, <laughs> three different places. You see that on TV. You know, you can do all sorts of things now. Um, lower tech, equal quality, and I think faster, you know, all of that. And I think that's something, you know, someone said to the other day, um, who I'm sure was quoting somebody else who was quoting somebody else that, you know, we've achieved, you know, 10 years of, you know, of uh, of um, media evolution in the last six months. And, you know, that's probably true out of need, right? So, you know, I think that, so I think that, I think the, the expectation about technical capabilities, I think that's going to continue because I think I think we all understand what we've been able to accomplish and are going to want to continue to move at that kind of brisk pace. Um, and I think that um, initially and for quite some time, I think that people really will, you know, and um, like I said, that level of authenticity and importance and, you know, real quality, whatever the quality is, even if you put it into the entertainment, like whatever that is, I think, I think people are going to want and then over time, just because, you know, things happen as they did this time and fits and starts, you know, certain things will evolve. And, you know, we may find ourselves in a place that has a lot of elements of what we had in the past back, you know, but I, I really think, you know, so much is going to have to do with, you know, after COVID. Well, well, what is after COVID, you know, because we don't, we they're really know that. Week. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's right, because there's obviously the um, there's the public health crisis and then there's the economy and all of that stuff. And this is something that really has kind of like set a whole um, generation of change in motion, you know, and, and frankly, even social justice, racial justice, that also is all it's all related. these things are kind of like compounding one. And so I think where we are after that, you know, that's 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 kind of a question, you know, but that, that's generally how I feel about this. Well, I think regardless, and we are out of time, unfortunately, regardless, I think news is going to be a critical part of our life um, from here on, because I think there's things are not going to slow down. We're just going to continue to change at a ridiculous pace. 
and it's going to be tune in to find out what this means and what I need to know. And with that, we got to say goodbye. And I really appreciate both of you being here today. Christine, as always, it's Thank great you, to Cheryl. have you. Robin, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Thank thanks you so much. Okay, uh, I want to do a quick promotion for our Audience Week, which is coming up September 29th. Um, audience Week is a week of programming comprised of two companion events. We have the REACH Conference and the Video Leadership Summit. The REACH Conference is for media buyers and planners to get insights they need to kick off the 2021 planning season and perhaps even some last-minute Q4 opportunities. Uh, the week culminates in the Video Leadership Summit, which is an invite-only gathering to discuss the challenges facing business leaders in the digital video space. You can get information, information on that at ib.com slash events. In addition to that, we're really excited to announce that on day two of the REACH conference, which is September 30th, Hulu, in partnership with the IAB Learning and Development Team, is launching an Introduction to Streaming TV course. Uh, that's going to be free. Yes, I said that free to the industry. It's Hi. a high level course is designed to teach you about the complex and evolving streaming TV landscape. You're going to be able to develop a foundational knowledge of the video and streaming uh, TV landscape, identify key streaming TV consumption and ad trends, understand the different types of creative opportunities, gain insights about Hulu's customer research report, Generation Stream. For more information on that, go to www.iab.com slash events. And again, I said that is a free course. On tomorrow's IAB there, we're excited to welcome Philo's Nicole Cosby and IAB's Joe Pilla. They're going to be discussing if cannabis marketing will spark ad revenue across the U.S. IEB there is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ants, John Ward, and Tafika Wuhanindan. I'm Cheryl Goldstein. Thanks for watching. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 2, because if it's 2 o'clock in a weekday, it's time to IAB there. Thanks again, and have a great day.